Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in. Um, this is going to be our second um, installment to Dax Corner. And on today's topic, well, I'm going to talk about narcissism and how this affects relationships, friendships, how you can kind of spot these things, and what you can kind of do to kind of understand it or understand the person that's exhibiting these uh, traits. So I'll break you down to a quick story of my level of narcissism and friendships. So I had a friend, um, or at least someone I thought was a friend. Um, I've been knowing each other for a while and spending generally a lot of good time together, you know, um, rather be hanging out, group, you know, hangouts, whatever case is, individual hangouts, you know, kind of were always kind of boys and you know always spend a lot of time together and you know i always value my friendships pretty much as if they're family you know these people are very important to me and so i try my best to always come off as a better friend or a good friend i'm not perfect i honest you know obviously make mistakes but you know i do know that i really do try my best to really understand and be there for them through any processes, because that's how you know someone's a real friend. You know, someone's there for you in those times of really bad times and the good times as well. I joke with one of my other best friends. I always tell her, you know, if we can make each other laugh, cry, excited, and just over joyful when we're around one another, that's probably a good friendship. And so with this person, I felt that that was where we were. We would argue, we would fight, but there was never like an argument that was literally like heavy and like, oh, I hate you and this and that. It was kind of like a brotherly love where it was like, okay, I'm only telling you things because no one else will. But ideally, you know, I don't think you're a bad person. And I still don't think this person is a bad person to this day. But I mean, we definitely have, I feel some bad blood and I feel like, um, I have a very A, B, C, D, E, F, fuck you <laughs> perspective on where we are right now. But it's a lot of feelings involved there. But ideally, I'll give you a background on what happened. So, you know, we've gone around, spending time together, hanging out. And, you know, he, he kind of went through his transition in life of things happening differently for him. He was going through a lot of big changes in his life, good things. And I was just trying to be supportive of that and just understand that, you know, we go through trial and tribulations. Now, granted, I don't like to play the age card, but I will say when it comes to males, as I am one of them, maturity comes at a different level. And I think men in their early 30s versus men in their later 40s exhibit different aspects of things in life, experiences, and cases. So technically, you know, he is one of my friends who's about 10 years younger than me. So some things I give a pass on because I realize you're not at my age. You have not had that, that decade of life experience yet. And you're still trying to figure out yourself. I still think your early thirties are that place to do that. So never really held anything against him, but I just was always like, okay, I'm going to still be supportive and be there for you, whatever the case may be. So, 
you know, we spent some time together. We spent a lot of great times together. And, and it just, for some reason, it started getting very weird. So I think we were probably at the beginning of the summer. Um, didn't spend as much time with each other. And, you know, it just felt odd. Now, you know, it's like you, you saw your best friend all the time. It's like, hey, you know, you come over. And I'm not saying you have to go out all the time. I understand money and financials are a thing. But half the time, we would just sit up and watch a movie and just like, talk shit or talk about your relationships or whatever the case may be. Like nothing was ever like, it needed to be a grand gesture of going out and doing stuff. Um, but you know, I always assume that's just what we did. You know, we just hang out, catch up with each other once a week, get together for a quick dinner, find out what's going on each other's lives. And you know, that's really it. Nothing too crazy, nothing going on. Um, just a regular routine. So, you know, he started to just kind of, um, pull away. Um, I think he went through a really bad breakup at the time. And, you know, I was trying to be supportive of that. I understand that. But ideally, what was hard was that he never really understood why his breakup happened, how it did, and never really saw the patterns. And I think I saw them being from outside perspective. I was like, hey, you know, you're just doing certain things that are just not connecting. You're not really learning from these relationships. You're kind of repeating the same patterns. I think you really need to decide, is there something internally that I'm doing wrong that's not helping me progress and move forward in my relationships? And I don't think he either got mad at me or I guess maybe appreciate it, but I was always trying to be there for him. So towards the end, we were maybe a couple months ago, we were trying to make plans to hang out with the crazy, hey, let's go see a show or let's whatever. It's summertime in New York. Let's kind of go out and do something, chill, low-key, whatever the case is. And he just kept flaking. So I'm like, okay. Now, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when someone wastes my time. If you're busy, you have shit going on, I respect that. I understand that. We are busy individuals. And I learned live in New York City. You're pretty busy most of the time. But, you know, just be like, hey, I don't have the time right now and have the bandwidth. Um, but let's connect, you know, a couple of weeks ahead. Trust me, there's a lot of my friends that knows we plan things out weeks in advance because we know our schedules are crazy. I have another friend the same way. She's super busy, but we find time and we work on it and we, and we communicate with that and we figure it out. And for some reason, he kept finding excuses of, I need to go out and find myself. I need to do all these things. And I took it as if he just didn't want to hang out or spend time with me anymore. Wanted to find a new group of friends. Okay, that happens. You, you want to find your new tribe? Go ahead. But what I didn't appreciate was that it was always an excuse or something coming up, or it was a whole debate of, you know, you're suffocating me or like, you make me feel bad about not spending time and hanging out. I said, whoa, I'm all I'm trying to figure out is a time to connect. If you were just to tell me, hey, I need a couple of weeks to figure out shit's going on in my life. I got stuff going on. Let's reconnect next month. Hey, I'd be like, cool, man, that's totally fine. I'm not upset with you about that. What I'm upset with you about is that you make plans, you cancel them, and then I go on social media. And I see you are doing other things and you're going out with other friends and you're doing stuff. So to me, from the outside point of view, that looks like, looks like, oh, you just didn't want to hang out with me, which once again, not a problem, but communication is a key here and just be upfront with that. So and all this really happened was probably 
right after he met my boyfriend. And I, you know, introduced him because I wanted him to know someone was important in my life. I wanted him to be able to understand this is someone I really care about. I wanted you to kind of, as someone who I'm very close to, someone I consider a really close friend, I want you to be, you know, a part of whatever journey I'm going on in my life. Now, granted, he could have been jealous. He could have been because he had his own failed relationships. He didn't want to deal with that. We had an episode of Sex and City with that with Seema, but Seema came through. Proud of you, Seema. Um, and realize it's not about you, it's about your friend's friendship. And it's about seeing them happy and what the case is. And he would just gaslight and be like, well, you know, I don't want you doing things because I want to do them. You shouldn't have to hang out with me if you don't want to do something. Now, what kind of fucking logic is that? Like, I don't want to hang out and do something because you don't think I want to do it. I mean, you do things for your friends that yes, you don't always want to do, but you will do them because this is something important to your friend in their life. If you know that something they love to do, you want to cherish that. You want to be there for them. You want to say, Hey, I'm rooting for you. And that's all I ever did. I just rooted for you. Even though technically this person <laughs> became the biggest liability in my life because everyone was telling me, be careful watch out for him. Not that he's a bad guy, but he has narcissistic tendencies because he only really cares about himself. And he really only hears what he wants to hear. He can never divulge anything else around someone else. But I kept thinking, no, because there were times that we were close and he would always check in on me. He would always make sure I made great decisions. We would always check in on each other. So I didn't even think of that. I said, no, there's no way. No, no way. He could not do that. That's not the friend I know. And as it kept going, and as we kept going through this transition of wherever we were in our friendship, he just kept pulling out certain stars that I thought, wow, maybe he is a narcissist. And maybe he doesn't even know it. You know, maybe he doesn't even know he's doing these things. So I finally kind of confronted him about it. We talked about it. And he said, no, it's nothing. It's fine, whatever. I'm figuring things out. I'm listening to case. I said, okay. I said, well, listen, I love to get dinner. Like, you know, just catch up and just find out what's going on with you and just, you know, just be there. We had about two or three plans, kept canceling, kept making excuses and just didn't do it. So we finally had a text discussion face to face. And he just goes, you know, I got so much going on in my life and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to feel like I'm a burden to you or quote unquote suffering you, you know, suffocating you, which is a form of suffering, I guess. And I said, you ain't got to worry about me. I said, you don't have to worry about me asking you to hang out or do anything else. And um, I am going to wish you well, and I'm going to hope nothing but the best for you moving forward in whatever endeavors you go through. And I left it at that. And we haven't talked. And now it's been about, I don't know, a few weeks or maybe a month or so. But ideally, it comes down to my second part. And what I want, I want to understand is that you got to know when enough is enough. And you got to know when it's becomes too much for you to put so much of yourself into a friendship or into a person or into a relationship and realize you're not getting anything back in this. You know, you're, you're, doing, you're being a good person. You're trying to reach out. You're trying to be there. You're trying to understand. But this person's not seeing that. They're not respecting the fact that, like, you are really, in, you know, in all cases, really caring about them and their well-being. So you just got to walk away. And that's just what I had to do. Now, I'm not going to say, I'll say the door is closed. 
but it's unlocked because I am not the person to hold on to grudges. I mean, I could have deleted him from Instagram and social media and said, fuck you and, you know, have cases, but I said, you know what? It's, that's just a level for me personally, it's just a level of pettiness I don't deal with. Other people have other reasons for doing it and I don't judge anyone else for doing that. But for me personally, I don't think it's worth all that. You just mute them and just don't look at their stories. And that's really all I did. And, um, I was hoping at some point that, okay, maybe we can like resolve this and we can figure this out. But I was also hoping the fact that he was just like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Let, let's figure this out and talk this through. I'm sorry. I had shit going on, but he hasn't done that. And I don't think he ever will and, until he realizes the people he hangs out with are not truly all his friends. They're great people. They're nice people. They're probably fun to be around. And I like to call them yes people, but are they really going to be there for you when it's your darkest hour and, and something really bad happens to you? Probably not. Um, maybe they will, but not 10 times or not. And so I really had to realize it's not worth it. It's not worth putting yourself out there for someone and a friendship or care for someone. If they just don't want to do the same thing back. You can love them from a distance. You can love them and care about them and wish them well, but it's not worth you putting energy to feel that hurt and that pain. And and to be honest, it, it is a level of hurt that I think I'll always have, but I think in time it will go away. It's with any relationship. When you're close to someone, you care about them, you love them, you're always gonna feel a little hurt. Um, but ideally, I'm not gonna put much effort anymore. I think I've done everything on my part to really be a good friend. And I'm not saying I'm the best either. You know, I don't think, I'm the worst because if I was the worst, I wouldn't have any friends, but ideally I have a few. So <laughs> I don't think I'm doing anything really wrong. I just think I picked the wrong people to befriend or try to be there for, or I, I put my energy and efforts to friendships that do not re reciprocate that level of understanding and growth, you know, cause I have good friends where it's like, I have a bad day. They come and listen, Hey, what's going on? Dak, talk to me. What's happening. Those are people you want to have in your life. What's going on? Like, hey, let's just find some chill night. Let's just talk. Let's just do this and that. Those are the kind of friends you really want in your life. Not someone's going to be intimidated by the fact that if you are a great personality and when you walk into the room, people just want to get to know you and talk to you. And that person who's your friend should not be jealous of that or should not be intimidated or threatened by that because that shows their level of insecurities. And you cannot dim your light to make someone else shine brighter. Like, got that from a girl needy. But you just can't. It's not worth it. It's not worth you putting that out there. So ideally, I say this only because um, you got to know when to let go. And so I found a really great article about this. And then when I read this article, and, you know, I don't think Yahoo, we don't give Yahoo a lot of credit for some good articles they do put out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's out there in the internet. You're like, eh, whatever. But I actually thought, man, I went through this kind of transition with a friend and I'm like, you know what? I'm starting to see how this works. And thinking about it in the case of relationships as well in my past and being like, hmm, wow, narcissism is really a thing. So the article I pulled up and I'll put it, the link in the, um, podcast, but it really talked about um, the signs of what you can see in a narcissist. 
And <clears throat> nine or 10 times they're men, but I don't want to be sexist either because women could be narcissists too. And when you think of narcissism, you probably the number one person or people you think about are actors. Who loves themselves more than anyone else in the world? Who needs that clout? Who needs that coverage? Who needs the world to love them, to feel appreciated, to feel seen, to feel, uh, I wouldn't say above all, but maybe there are some actors who feel that way, but um, who have this whole vision of, wow, it's really just about me and no one else. There's most actors. Now, not all, because there's some great actors out there who I know are not about that life and really are about the art and the work and what they do and are amazing. But you know the ones, and it's mostly reality stars, that live for this shit. And so I'm going to go through a couple of the phrases. Now, I want you to dig back and think about your friends, past relationships, maybe current relationships, and see if any of these phases, or sorry, any of these uh, words or phrases really stuck out for you. Um, <laughs> these really crack me up sometimes. Um, when someone tells you you're my soulmate, and now this is like when you first meet someone, maybe in the first couple of weeks, I'm always a, I wouldn't say red flag, but I'm just like, hmm, that is very interesting to me. Um, yes, you can have a connection with someone. You can have a, a genuine, strong connection with someone. But your soulmate, I mean, that's made for TV. And I mean, and yes, it's great storytelling. It's great to watch. But you have to build to that. You know, there's not any way you can really come into that. Um, the one <laughs> I find hilarious, it's fate that we met. Um, I don't think fate had anything to do with it. I think it has more of coincidence, time, space, location, life. I, I, there's no fate. Now, there are times in relationships where it's like, hey, you may have had a misconnection. It didn't work out. And then down the road, you did get together. And okay, in a way, you guess you can use fate for that. But to say to someone in the first couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, girl, bye. Um, am I your only friend? You're my only friend. Now, this is a huge red flag for me because you should not just be each other's friends. Um, any relationship needs to have a sense of growth, a sense of community, and a sense of, hey, you have your people, I have my people, but yeah, of course, we're there for each other. We support each other. We are always in each other's teams, but the fact that it's just me and you, mm -mm -mm. You, you need to, you need to run from that one. Um, that's a definite, huge, huge red flag. Um, especially when they say things like, we don't need anyone else. Uh, no, mm -mm, absolutely not. Um, I had someone say that to me one time and I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. Um, we'll be together forever. Now, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, but I, once again, these are things you hear in movies and you hear things in storytelling, but like, yeah, you like to be together forever. I like to say I'd be with my boyfriend forever, but that, that that's not, I don't know that. Things can happen. Things change. Of course, you work towards being that couple and being those people or having that friend in your life, but you don't know if that's going to happen. And truth be told, I wouldn't have thought that me and my other friend would have got into it or had a fight, but here we are. I wouldn't have thought that, and it is. So 
when people say things like that, I'm like, come on, you cannot believe things that come along that route. Um, and this is the level of kind of like gaslighting. Um, it's a way of manipulation and a way of saying, hey, you are the bad person, you were wrong. And they call it love bombing in a way, but it's a level of just really gaining that control. And it's a very abusive tactic, but sometimes you just don't understand it or see it. Now, this is where it gets pretty bad because um, as the article says, once a narcissist has a hook of their victim, and God, I just really hate to use that word, but I guess that's true in a way, uh, they start showing their true feelings and their true selves. So you really start seeing these things. And in my case with my friend, I was like, wow, okay, I'm starting to see these things. Um, I mean, they say things like, you're too sensitive, you're crazy. I don't think you should ever call anyone crazy. No wonder no one likes you. My friends hate you, but also defend you and have your back. Now that's a difficult one because ideally, it, it, that's a two-way street. Because if, if your friend is always, or a person that you're dating is always causing a scene or becoming a problem in a social situation, then yes, that is an issue. And of course you want to defend your person, but at some point you can't defend everything else they do because they're their own individual and their own person. So that's a double-edged sword, but yeah, when you know people use it in a certain contexts, it's kind of shitty. Um, insecurities, that is the huge, huge, huge one. I mean, we're also insecure about things about ourselves. I'm so insecure about things about myself. Now, I don't express that a lot to people, maybe to my partner. And, you know, I talk to him about everything, but I don't have that level of insecurities when it comes to just being out and seeing people. I'm happy for anyone else I meet. I do question certain things that people do and a level of judgment that I, I am working on. But I mean, hey, you make your choices in life. You choose to wear that outfit, great. You choose to start an OnlyFans, that's your business. Um, you choose to think that you're better and holier than other people and that you're never wrong. Who am I to tell you anything different? Because one way or another, you're gonna figure out your, your own self in your own time. That's not my place to tell you that. You're gonna figure it out on your own. Um, you're so manipulative, which is coming from the ultimate manipulator, uh, I find very hilarious. Um, and it's a level of explaining their behaviors to the point where it's like, everything's great. But, you know, here's the thing. The article says, narcissists may deflect, project, victimize themselves, or scapegoat another person as a means to distract someone from focusing on a failure or shortcoming of the narcissist. Projection is an example of deflecting back unto the accuser. You know, I was, when I was talking to my ex-friend and I said, you know, why your relationships weren't working? He never once mentioned anything that he did wrong. And, I, and that, that was something I was like, hmm. I look back at my past relationships, I could tell you 100% what I did wrong in my relationships. I could tell you I was either too needy or maybe too clingier. Maybe I wasn't too trusting. Um, maybe I didn't learn to communicate. One of my main issues with my relationship was that I wasn't able to open up and communicate and express my feelings. Um, those are things I learned. And I said, you know, those things I'm not going to repeat. He can never say anything is wrong. It was always someone else. And I'm like, hmm, now I'm starting to see. Um, 
And then they'll use all these excuses. Now I shouldn't say excuses, but they'll use them as a, I want to play the victim. I want to feel like I'm hurt. Oh, my ex cheated on me. Um, this is the way because my parents were so mean to me. I mean, yes, your parents raised you a certain way, but after a while, you have to learn from those things. I'm, I, I come from a family of divorce. And I learned that, wow, they probably should have been divorced. And I've seen some couples where it's like they stay together for the kids. And I'm like, that doesn't help anything. That doesn't make it better. That doesn't make things easier. Kids aren't stupid. They can see what's going on. So, you know, this whole cycle of I'm blaming my parent. It's like you, you learn from those things. You learn from it. You don't repeat it. And you move on from it. That's all life lessons are. Um, everyone abandons me. So you have to help me. I mean, <laughs> it's almost poetic in a way because it's just like, wait, I'm supposed to help you? When you need to be helping yourself, it, it's, it's, it's a two-way street. I'm here to support you and I'm here for you, but Jesus, I'm not going to help you through everything. I'm not going to hold your hands for everything. And you have to do that with some of your friends. Some of your friends want you to always be their answer, but then sometimes your friends just want you to listen. Just say, hey, I see an ear to lean on. Okay, I'm here to listen. You got to know those balances. And I had to learn that myself too. I didn't do enough of listening. I did a lot of judging in, the, in my past. And I learned moving forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to learn to be a better listener, which is what my last podcast was about. And I think I've gotten a lot better with that. And the craziest part, you need to stop being so selfish, careless, and busy with other people. I, you know, I, I, some people seem to think they're destined to be alone or they're destined to not have this level of connectivity with someone. And that's just not the case. You know, you might be with someone and you will wake up one day and realize this person is not right for me. This person is not the person I thought they were. And you've got to be okay to walk away from that and realize your own self-worth. And that's where insecurities comes back. You got to realize, man, there's a million people in the world. Mil sorry, billions, but you know, New York City, definitely millions. But you can't think that's all you deserve. I had another friend go through a relationship and she seemed to think, man, you know, this is all she's going to get. This is what's going to happen. But I kept having to re reassure that you are beautiful. You're smart. You're intelligent. You can do so much, but because you don't think you deserve greatness, you just put up with bullshit. And where does that get you? Nowhere. So at some point, realizing your self-worth is going to be the most important thing you want to do when you think about your next steps. Um, uh, this is the things they say. I, I just, I, I don't like your friends. They're not good enough for you. Your family doesn't like me. You probably should see them as much. I mean, you got to start seeing these signs in people. And once again, I don't think my ex-friend is a horrible person. I will never think he's a horrible person, but I do think there's a level of understanding to the point where they're like, listen, you got to go on this journey on your own. You got to figure this out for yourself. You got to figure out what works best for you. You need to figure out what makes you happy and, and, and a sense of happiness, not, not complete happiness, but some level of happiness. 
And I guarantee you, once you find that, you will feel so much better about yourself and your direction in life and where you're going and what you want to happen. And, you know, you're going to get better from that. But either way, narcissism exists. Just be careful about, you know, be careful about the signs you see. And, you know, always your friends are sometimes the best people and your family who know you the best. They can always tell you certain things. Now, I'm a huge advocate of not listening. And I can admit that wholeheartedly because I have to learn the hard way. And when it came to this friendship, a lot of people told me this. And I said, you know what? I didn't want to believe it, but now I see it. But I also still have faith. This person's going to find their way. And, and if we reconcile as friends, amazing and great. If not, I just hope they become a better person and that they choose to do what's best in their life and find true happiness in whatever they do. So make sure you check out this article. It's really good. Make sure, you know, if you know anyone going through this or any friends like this, I mean, these are, yes, you know, we joke about it or we may say certain things about like, okay, we got to end these things, but you lead some very serious things. So um, definitely reach out, listen, be there, be supportive, understand, and always love and cherish yourself. Thanks again, guys, and enjoy your day. Thank you.